One of the great tragedies of life is that men seldom bridge the gulf between practice and profession, between doing and saying. A persistent schizophrenia leaves so many of us tragically divided against ourselves. On the one hand, we proudly profess certain sublime and noble principles, but on the other hand, we sadly practice the very antithesis of these principles. How often are our lives characterized by a high blood pressure of creeds and an anemia of deeds? We talk eloquently about our commitment to the principles of Christianity, and yet our lives are saturated with the practices of paganism. We proclaim our devotion to democracy, but we sadly practice the very opposite of the democratic creed. We talk passionately about peace, and the same, at the same time, we assiduously prepare for war. We make our fervent pleas for the high road of justice, and then we tread unflinchingly the low road of injustice. This strange dichotomy, this agonizing gulf between the ought and the is, represents the tragic theme of man's earthly pilgrimage. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in Strength to Love. Tonight I want to start by saying that um, this is not about politics. You may hear politics in what I'm saying, you may infer politics in what I'm saying, but I want you to hear me now when I'm saying that tonight is not about politics. My hope is actually to speak directly to our faith and to our values. All of us under the banner that unites us in, are under the banner that unites us in this place, under the banner of Christian. And even if you do not personally identify as Christian, under the principles that we proclaim in this place, that every life is worthy of dignity and value because every life is endowed with the image of the Creator and carries a piece of the divine in that way. And because of that inherent fact, we stand for the least, the lost, the lonely, the oppressed, and the marginalized. We set aside any of our own privilege and jump down in the dirt of the ditches and say that God blesses those in need. God blesses those who hurt. God blesses those who are afflicted, persecuted, marginalized, and oppressed. And from the ditches we declare God's blessing on those others might push aside. And we stand believing the fact that love is stronger than hate and fear. The Beatitudes, as our scripture text this evening is also known, is a section from one of Jesus' most important teachings, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is laying before us a set of values that go counter to the thinking of a world that sees only old man Job, who being afflicted must be guilty, and therefore is worthy to be cast aside. Jesus is flipping the narrative and saying, actually, these are the ones who are most blessed, because these are the ones most in need of God's blessing, and these are the ones who will most recognize the blessings laid before them, because they know what it is to be without. Just a brief word on the word blessing in the text this evening. It comes from a Greek word that is called, uh, that's uh, pronounced makarios. 
When we place this in a religious context, which is how Jesus would have been using it, it literally means blessed by God. But just to unpack it a little bit more, it connotes the Greek for salvation, the Hebrew for peace and well-being, and in our own English, the colloquial okay. Now, it's not saying that those who are blessed are blessed with fabulous wealth and power. It's not saying that being blessed means everything is going to be made all right. It's not saying that the blessings from God make everything perfect. It's not even saying that the blessed are going to do great. Instead, it's speaking to a much deeper truth. Blessed are the poor the mourners, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the pure in heart, the merciful, the peacemakers, and those who are persecuted. Those who are blessed are those who struggle. Now that's something we for the most part, don't like hearing. I know I don't. I don't like to struggle. I like when things are easy, when I can just coast on through, when I can just walk on through and not have anything in my way. I prefer the easy way. I don't like to have to struggle. If it is possible, I'd like to take the easy path. But our text is saying something different tonight. It's saying that blessed are those who struggle. Because the blessing of God emerges not out of our excess. And it doesn't emerge in a form of future excess, but in and through God's goodness, which is most present when we are struggling. It's in our lacking we discover what we most need. We discover who we truly are and what we're truly made of. I want you to hear our scripture from this evening uh, from another uh, translation, a paraphrased translation uh, called The Message. And it goes like this. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With, you, with less of you, there is more of God in God's rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you are content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. God is food and drink and the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful or full of care, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart, put right. And then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. 
You can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer even, for though they don't like it, I do. And all of heaven applauds, and know that you are in good company. My prophets and my witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. We are standing in the gap and saying, where there is lacking, we find the God of abundance. When we stand on these principles, we can, be, we can expect to be in the midst of hatred because living these things invites it. Living in this way invites the hatred of the world because the world doesn't like when things work this way. And when we look in the face of those things that go against our core principles, I guarantee you, we're going to run right straight into that hatred. To truly live by these values, we must go directly to the places where they are violated. There is always opposition to expanding the table, because we fear those without. Because we fear being those without. We fear that there may not be enough for me. And when we find this reaction, this recoiling from our values and principles, we stand and react not in an equal and an opposite way, but in a better way. The way of God who is our blessing. Now as I wind this down, I want to again turn to the words of MLK from Strength to Love. He wrote, returning hate for hate multiplies hate, adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Hate multiplies hate, violence multiplies violence, and toughness multiplies toughness in a descending spiral of destruction. So when Jesus says, love your enemies, he is setting forth a profound and ultimately inescapable admonition. Have we not come to such an impasse in the modern world that we must love our enemies or else? The chain reaction of evil, hate, begetting hate, wars producing wars, must be broken, or we shall be plunged into the, to the dark abyss of annihilation. We are standing for something far greater when we stand on these principles, for the oppressed and the rejected, for those who others would cast away. And we stand in a long line of prophets who stood for the values that God holds highest, the dignity and worth of God's beloved children. And we stand in this place saying today that hatred and discrimination are not strong enough to drive us away, to send us cowering in fear, and we will continue to stand for our values always. We will always be jumping into the ditch with others and sharing God's great blessing and preaching that hate multiplies hate but love of God stands firm always and forever. Amen.